again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 196. I'm Art Regner, and as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, what better way to cap off your day with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue? But we do ask you drink our premium beer responsibly. In this episode, a little bit different. Uh, the Red Wings held a development camp for prospects, uh, uh, players that they had drafted in the 2023 draft and players that really have not played in Detroit yet. Uh, it was a, a very impressive group and we caught up with a few of them. And in this episode, we will speak to Amadeus Lombardi, Nate Danielson, and Axel Sundin Pelica, uh, and uh, get their thoughts on becoming Red Wings in the draft process. And uh, then we will also have episode 197, which we'll talk to a couple of goaltending prospects, Trey Augustine, and of course, the doctor, Sebastian Cosa. But up first is Amadeus Lombardi. Amadeus Lombardi, this was his second development camp. He was a fourth round pick in the 2022 draft, 113th uh, overall, uh, 5'10", 178 pounds, and he had an excellent year for the Flint Firebirds. He had 102 points in 67 games played, uh, goals 45, assists 57, and he was named to the OHL second all-star team. So without further ado, let's catch up to the one and only, love his name, Amadeus Lombardi. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the minute you were drafted by the Red Wings, the classical music community of Detroit just freaked out and immediately became hockey fans. Is it a family name? Is your family into Mozart? Or how did it come about? Uh, my parents, I have two siblings. My parents came up with pretty unique names. I have a, a younger sister named Symphony and a younger brother who's actually a pretty good hockey player named Ulysses. So uh, I was, I'm the oldest, I was the firstborn, and um, Amadeus in Latin means like love God, love God. So um, that's kind of why. Yeah. And are you a classical music fan? Did it turn you on to uh, Mozart? Little, it's not really a little bit. I, I, the music I listen to is more, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s kind of, Classic rock, a little bit of hard rock. I like that kind of stuff. Have you, uh, have you seen the film Amadeus? Yeah, I have. I've seen it. Yeah, before with my dad. Yeah, you know the act, the actor who plays Mozart is from Plymouth, Michigan. I didn't know that. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, it's a cool so, yeah. Little, there's uh, a, there's a little connection. Tie there. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, we'll get off the we'll get off that. But I really wanted to ask you about hockey. When you sat down yesterday and, and addressed the media, the first thing I thought of, you look bigger. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you really worked on it? I mean, you're, you know, you, you, you're pretty muscular. Yeah, definitely. It's been the main focal point of, you know, coming out of next year and, you know, wanting to play pro next year. It's obviously I had to get stronger. And, you know, I've been trying to address that in the summer and I work with a great trainer back home. So um, it's been good. I've been slowly putting on weight and trying to put on good weight so that I can kind of maintain my speed or even get faster. I put in the right places. Is that the thing I always heard when weight training was was brand new that teams were a little bit apprehensive because it affected your speed. Mm -hmm. But is that it now is it evolved to a point of where you can build up bulk and still not lose your speed? I think so. I always try and work on speed. It's one of the main points of my game. 
Uh, and if you put in the right spots, you know, especially your legs and for hockey players, it's it's so important. And for me, especially being a little bit of a skinnier guy, um, I had to put it on. I have to put on weight and just put it on the right spots, put it on slowly so that it's effective. 102 points last year for the Flint Firebirds, you know, Mr. OHL practically. So uh, let me ask you, uh, 45 goals, more assists, but when you look at the Red Wings, they need centers, they need goal scorers, but uh, do you feel, wow, this is a really good situation I'm finding myself in? Definitely. I mean, they have a lot of prospects that are also very good players, so it's, it's good friendly competition. And then as far as the next level, I definitely see myself as more of a playmaker. You know, I think this year coming into the year, I like I said yesterday, I really wanted to focus on shooting the puck more, working on my shot, and I think that's what I did and uh, made me more of a threat as a passer. So I think if I kind of combine those and hopefully at the next level I can be a little bit of both, but I definitely think my game will translate more as a, a passer and a distributor of the puck. Now, I know I guess you could go back uh, to Flint next year, but, I mean, after 102 points, what do you – I don't know. Is there anything left to prove at that level? I mean, I, and maybe the – unfortunately, maybe the decision isn't up to you, but do you look at it? How disappointed would you be if you have to go back to Flint? I think the decision, the final decision, you know, is obviously up to the staff. They know what they're doing, but it is in my hands. If I don't put in the work, if I don't make myself better, if I don't come ready, I can't expect to be at that level. So – I need to put in the work, I need to get stronger, I need to get better uh, in order to be at that level and to be, a, you know, um, translatable at that level, almost a force at that level. I need to put in the work. If I'm not ready to do that and they'll obviously see that, then they're not going to put me in that situation. So it's really up to me, but at the same time, the final decision is up to the staff and I'm just, you know, going to work as hard as I can and see what happens. I would imagine that the next progression for you would be to go to Grand Rapids and play mm -hmm. for Dan Watson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that especially, you know, being a little, you know, fourth round pick, kind of played late bloomer, played midget, it's only fitting that it takes some time to develop in the AHL, and I think that'll be good for my game, and I know that the Red Wings believe in the AHL as a development league, and that's sort of what it's been becoming, which is great, and, you know, playing the two games was really good for me. I'm really happy I did that, and yeah, I'm excited for next year no matter where I play. You know, I, I mean, I look at it, and you said something interesting yesterday about, hey, I've always been a little. I've been a little guy. You're not that little, okay, number yeah, one. I okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, everyone's thinking, what, what, what are we going to have, you know, like a two-foot player here or something? But but you're not, and you're, you're filling out. You're growing into your body. Yeah. But Henrik Zetterberg told me something very interesting because he was not exactly – you're about the same size, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. That when he was a little boy, he had to realize – that he wasn't going to be the biggest guy, how to get it going to the corners, how to get yeah. the puck without getting hit. And yeah. he said that, you know, he's been doing it his whole life. You sort of said the same thing. How difficult is that? Or do you have an advantage because you're quick, you're a little bit smaller, but not to, you know, maneuver around these giants out on the ice? Yeah, I think in certain aspects it's advantage, in certain aspects it's disadvantage, like everything in life and in sports. Uh, I was always small growing up, so I definitely had to learn at a young age to, you know, either skate with the puck quick or move the puck quick and quick and get into space because the older you get, the more levels, you know, the higher you play, you have less time. So you got to really turn on your brain. If you're smaller, you got to be pretty smart uh, to play at these high levels because you're not going to dominate with your body. You're going to dominate with your mind. So, um, yeah, I've always been small growing up, and it's something that I had to adapt to pretty early and 
I've been playing with my whole life. Two years, this is your second development camp. What have you learned? What have you taken away? How has this actually, this experience, improved your game? Uh, yeah, last year I came in, I didn't really know what to expect. I'd just gotten drafted. Got a trick in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, you know, I just got drafted. It was my first development camp. I was a little bit nervous. And then I took away just a lot of habits that I brought into my summer, which helped me in my season this year. A little bit of the same thing. I know a little bit more what's going on, but at the same time, there's still stuff that you take away that, you know, you missed last year. So I'm still taking in, taking everything and soaking in all the habits that I can take to help my game get to the next level. Amadeus, thanks for joining us. I'm going to give you a word of advice. Because of your first name and, you know, Lombardi, you could say you're a big Vince Lombardi fan, (laughs) I guess, too. But if they ever ask you what your favorite Mozart tune is, all you have to say is a little night music. Just say that it's like, it's like his top ten hit. Like everybody knows All it. Right. All right. So then Perfect. people say, "Oh yeah, he knows. He knows his Mozart." Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I don't really. Maybe I'll check into it. All right. I'll check Thank it you. Out. Best of luck. Look forward <laughs> to seeing you. you in the red and white very soon. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you very you. much. And we certainly thank Amadeus for his time. Uh, As you can tell, he has the right attitude. I think he's going to go to Grand Rapids. I think he's going to earn a spot in Grand Rapids. I do not see him going back to Flint. And uh, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Griffins, especially with Dan Watson, who's a player's coach and has developed a lot of talent over the year in his, uh, in the years, I should say, in his coaching career with the Toledo Walleye. Let's go now to Nate Danielson. Uh, the Red Wings' first-round pick in the 2023 draft, ninth overall from the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, six foot two, right-handed shot. He plays center. He's 188 pounds in 68 games played. He had 33 goals, 45 assists, 78 points, uh, 38 penalty minutes. So he has a little snarl to his game. And uh, we caught up with Nate after uh, day three of development camp. And uh, let's hear from the Red Wing, big centerman. Nate, I saw you drafted, saw your interviews, I saw you talk to the media yesterday. I guess my first question to you is, do you know Michael Rasmussen at all? No, I don't. No? Because you have a very stoic, serious side to you. Uh, Like you're all business. Michael is the same way. Is that just a trait being from Western Canada, or have you just always been that way? Uh, I don't really know. I think I've just always sort of been that way. Um, yeah, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I think I've always been a little bit more serious, and um, so yeah, I think I've just always sort of been that way. So when you when you get drafted by the Red Wings, you know, all right, hey, my God, I'm gonna, you know, I'm drafted by an NHL team. Not only that, I'm a number one pick. Uh, any kind of euphoria, or do you say, hey, Nate, okay, you, you got drafted, but there's still a long way to go. I mean, how, what, what, what is your mental approach? I mean, I was pretty excited by it. It's obviously a dream of mine ever since I was a kid, and um, it's something that I've looked forward to for a long time. But, I mean, at the same time, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And my goal is to play in the NHL and have a long career doing so. So, I mean, there's still a, long, long, a lot of work ahead to make that a reality. You know, you're up there, you're shaking all the hands of people that some of you may know, some of you may not know. Is there a lot exchanged, or is it just like congratulations? Are you saying thank you? What's that process like? 
Um, I mean, honestly, I don't really remember too much. It was a lot of emotions at once there, but I think it was a lot of just congratulations. I mean, I was just thanking them, and um, I got to come to their table afterwards and got to talk to them all pretty briefly. But, um, yeah, it was just a lot of telling them how excited I was to be part of the Red Wings, and um, they were congratulating me. I know there haven't been a whole lot of conversations, but what have you taken? What have the Red Wings told you? They say, look, don't put any pressure on yourself. We like you, obviously. We drafted you our first pick. Just go out, play your game, and just develop. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think um, I'm still 18 years old, and obviously I have a lot of room to grow into my body. So, I mean, I think they just the goal for the rest of the summer is to get bigger and stronger and continue to put a little bit of weight on. And But, I mean, at the end of the day, just – kind of play my game and continue to develop you know I look I'm, I'm looking you know you're strapping lad at 6-2 I guess or I guess some services had you at 6-1 and three quarters I don't yeah. know you know how, how tall are you do you know I think I got measured in at 6-1 and a half really yeah I you look that, taller you yeah look taller. 188 pounds really yeah around there <laughs> truly yeah <laughs> really seriously yeah probably a little less right now like 185 right now but around there yeah Okay, and okay, 68 games, 33 goals, 45 points, uh, or 45 assists, 78 points, 38 penalty minutes, a little bit of snarl in your game, minus 12, but you're playing on a bad team, the Brandon Weekings, and I'm not trying to, you know, disparage your teammates or anything. How difficult is that for you, especially in your draft year, where the team might not be up to snuff, and, you know, and you know, God, I got to go out here, and no matter what our record is, I have to prove myself. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm a competitive person, and I don't like losing, so, um, I mean, this year was a bit frustrating, as the team's success wasn't really there all the time, so, um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I still wanted to go out and uh, play my game and prove myself, so, um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, but, but you did prove yourself. You said you're a 200-foot player. The Red Wings like that. I mean, is that the key for you, that you knew that in order maybe to make it, plus center is a premier position, which you are, is that we, I have to develop a 200-foot game. I mean, you know, I know the, the goals are going to come. Like, my offense will eventually come. I've got to get – got to probably – I guess what I'm trying to say is i got to work on the defensive aspect of the game first because I know the offense will be there. Um, I mean, I think just when you get to that next level, you have to be someone who's trusted on the ice, and um, that's a big part of making the jump is being able to be trusted by your coach and everything like that. So it's definitely something I've – always took pride in playing defense and um, I've always liked to play against other teams best players and shut them down so I think it's just sort of how I've always been and um, I mean I know the offense will come and I'm confident in myself in that so I think taking care of my own on the ice is a big part of being on a winning team. Now I know when Connor Bedard mentions you and you might already be tired of talking about this for all I know but when he does mention you I guess it's a little bit of a feather in your camp but are you going to call him up and say, okay, Connor, knock off the talk about me being a tough competitor? I, I, you know, I, I, I hear it all the time now. Well, just wait till Detroit and Chicago get on the ice and you'll find out exactly how tough I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of questions about it recently. But, um, I mean, obviously it's, it's uh, cool to hear s someone say that, especially of his caliber and um, how good of a player he is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice thing to hear. But, I mean, I'll wait till we get to play against each other again. Now, I don't know if you want to reveal this or not, but what's the key to shutting him down? I, I think the whole NHL would love to hear this. I don't really know. Honestly, I just tried to play my own game against him. Um, I mean, I don't want to 
just go out there and be falling around or anything like that. So I just tried to play hard against them, have a good stick, good body position, and um, I mean, I just tried to play in the offensive zone against them as much as I could. Yeah, I, I, what I'm really curious about is you said, you know, I've gotten to be pretty good buddies with him. I guess fans always look at it and think you guys would be mortal enemies because, you know, you're in competition with each other. How, how does a friendship develop with somebody, an opponent like that? Uh, we, uh, a couple years ago when we were 15 and 16, we spent some time together in Toronto training there and um, kind of just hit it off right away and became good buddies. So um, that friendship kind of just continued. And, um, I mean, playing against each other, obviously, we're, we're um, competitive people and we go at it pretty good. But um, I think off the ice, we, we've always been good buddies and like to talk to each other. You know, at one time Detroit and Chicago were bitter rivals, especially in the same division. I mean, have you exchanged any kind of conversation or text with them since you both have been drafted? Yeah, I saw him after the draft. Um, I was rooming with him in Nashville too, so uh, we got to hang out for a bit after the draft, and uh, we've been talking a bit this week and um, just kind of seeing how things were going and everything like that. Okay, I'm looking at the next step. Uh, the, going back to Brandon next year, do you – would you love to go to Grand Rapids? I mean, do, do you have it in your own mind what you would like to happen, even though I know the Red Wings will have a big say in it? Um, I mean, I'll probably just listen to whatever they say, and um, I don't think Grand Rapids is an option. I think I, I think by the rules I have to either be in the, with the Red Wings or back in Brown. Oh, right, you go through what Michael Rasmussen did. Yeah, I think, right. yeah, I think those are the only two options. Be so 20 years old. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, obviously that's up to them, and um, I mean, I'm going to do what I can to push for a spot on the Red Wings, but I think back and Brian will also be a good option for me you, too. You know, I know you already said you're just 18, which is always amazing for me when I when I look at you guys and you're you know you're you're young men certainly. Uh, what will you have to improve on? Everyone says I got to get bigger. Trust me, just aging, you're going to get bigger. Sometimes you're going to get bigger and you don't want to get bigger. But I mean, but my what I'm curious is is what is your main focus going to be as you go back, most likely to Brandon. Um. I think when I'm back in Brandon, I think um, working on the offensive side of my game and uh, proving myself there. And I also think just little details like um, getting a bit quicker and more explosive and just things like that will help me a lot. All right. Nate, thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. I do appreciate it. Best of luck. Really look forward to seeing you as a Red Wing very, very soon. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You've got to like a guy like uh, Nate Danielson. I wasn't joking with you. He is a very focused and serious young man. Uh, I think he's going to do a lot of good things eventually in the red and white. Really look forward, as I told him, to see him play uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, our third and final guest in this episode of the Red and White Authority is, uh, and kind of a bit of a surprise, the Red Wings were able to nab him in the first round, 17th overall, although he was rated higher, and many, many draft experts considered him to be the best defenseman in the draft. And that is right-handed shot Swedish defenseman Axel Sundin Pelika, who is five foot eleven, 180 pounds, playing for. And uh, this is odd. I've heard several different pronunciations for the his SHL club. Uh, he played mostly for the junior club this year, but he will be in the SHL this upcoming year. And it's Skeletaho, I believe. And you know, I, I probably butchered it, uh, uh, Skeletaho. I believe is how they pronounce it. And I apologize to all fans of, uh, of Axel's team if I butchered it, as I said. But uh, in 22 games played, 
um, or 31 games played, pardon me. He had 16 goals, 20 assists, 36 total points, and uh, 65 penalty minutes, and he was a plus 15. He is an offensive-minded defenseman. He is a dynamo on the ice. Very, very impressive. And as you know, I'm obsessed with names, so uh, I had to ask Axel about Axel. Where did that name come from? Axel, I guess the first thing I have to ask you about, I mean, I'm from Detroit, and I know this might seem crazy, but your first name's Axel. Yeah. When I think Axel, I think a car Axel. I mean, is that a popular name in, in, in Sweden? I know there's some Axels around, but, I mean, is that a family name? How did you, uh, how did you get that name? I, I actually have no idea. I haven't asked my parents really why they brought that name, but I kind of like it, and I guess it's pretty common in Sweden. It's, uh, uh, if you translate shoulder... Swedish, it's Axel. So, uh, yeah, I guess it comes from that. Really? I mean, now, do, do you have, do people call you Axel or do they call you Axe or do you have like nicknames from it or is it basically Axel? Uh, yeah, in Sweden, most of the guys just say my last name, Palika, uh, in a Swedish accent though. So, uh, and I guess when I come here to the USA, some of the guys just say Axe because I don't know, they're not used to saying Axel. So, uh, yeah, here in, here in the US, it's Axe. Well, it's a cool name. I mean, I really yeah. do like it. So I, I, I wanted to ask you maybe if there was a story behind it. And there kind of is. You know, now you have something to talk to your parents about. Yeah. Why am I named Axel? Yeah, I'm going to ask them directly yeah, after this. All right. So the next time I see you, which will be at probably the Prospects Tournament, you can tell me what they said. Yeah. I, now, actually, that's an interesting way to start. Because you're going to go back, will you go to the Prospects Tournament or will you be in the SHL by that time playing for your team? Uh, I don't know actually. I don't think uh, like my home team Skellefteå will will let me leave leave during the season. So I guess I'll be in Sweden. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a bummer. Well, yeah. then We'll have to we'll have to exchange numbers. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I can find now. I, I really want to know what the story behind the name is. But with that said, I wanted to ask you this this draft class that you were in was really heavy in forwards. I think yeah. we saw centers and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that, was that kind of a bummer for you? Because in any other year, maybe, because they were all going after forwards, do you think that, not that 17 is a bad number, because it's not. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, were you, you know, I asked you this before, but were you a little bit anxious as names were being called off and you weren't there? Because you were considered in, you know, a top 10, if not top five prospect. Oh yeah, not not at all really. I just I was really happy just hear my name call. Of, of course, like yeah, I was waiting for my name to be called, and uh, yeah, maybe I got a little anxious, but uh, yeah, I just hear my name call from name call from Detroit was awesome. Steve Steve Eiserman, he's uh, you know he's a legendary player, so uh, just hearing my name from him was awesome. And uh, yeah, you know it's it doesn't matter where you go, it's what you do with the chance you get. So uh, that's, yeah, it, that's it, why. Well, at this point. 38 players of Swedish defense or uh, descent, pardon me, have played for the Red Wings. Yeah. 36 skaters and two goalies. Now, we here in Detroit like to think that when people in Sweden think about Sweden, USA, they think Detroit, Michigan. They think the Detroit Red Wings. Are they the number one NHL team in Sweden, do you think, because of such a, a big, vibrant history with the Red Wings? Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually, probably. Probably, I think so. I haven't really thought about that, really. So uh, I know most of the guys in Sweden, they, they mostly just look at SHL, not that much in, S in the NHL. But, uh, yeah, probably Detroit will be the number one team. Well, you know, the reason I asked you, because Nick Lindstrom told me years ago, he never grew up wanting to play 
in the NHL. He yeah. grew up wanting to be on the Swedish national team and yeah. win the world championship. Is that still the goal, or has that changed? Do young Swedish hockey players think about the NHL now? Uh, yeah, I think that changed pretty much. I mean, like, all, all the kids nowadays want to play in the NHL. Like, that's, that's what they say. So I think that's more important to play, like, World Cup for the small kids. So, Really? So now I, I've asked a lot of Swedish players this. I heard that the way the Swedish system is is that they wait until you guys are almost teenagers where they play for standings and, you know, winners and losers, that it's more of a collective just how to play the game. Is that really true? Meaning that when you were first starting out, you were a part of a team, but you didn't care if you won or lost. You were just honing in on your skills. Uh, yeah, actually, when I was like eight years old, I was so pissed when I lost. Like, I really, yeah, I was such a bad loser. I mean, uh, I remember one game I was just we were losing against like the worst team in our series, and just I was just sitting screaming at the bench, and my father was coaching behind me, and he was he got so pissed at me just just because I didn't behave. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of a bad loser, but I've, I've learned to handle that nowadays. Well, you know what's really interesting? Billy Husso tells me a story when he was like 13 or 14. Uh, and he would give up a goal or something. He would shoot pucks into the stands or he would curse out his defensemen. Yeah. And a coach told him, and I don't think it was his father, but a coach told him, look, if you want to get to the next level, if you want to go as high as you can, you have to control your temper. Yeah. Is that essentially what you had to learn? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, nowadays, my father, he helped me train a little bit mentally. So that's the thing that's been helping me a lot now during the later days. But uh, yeah, I learned to behave when I was like 13, 14. That's, that's when I really like could accept the loss just focus on the next game instead yeah but you're being an adolescent i mean everybody whether you're a hockey player or not i mean adolescents kind of fly off the handle though i mean is that's part of growing up though what's that you know like when you're you're a young man and yeah. you're starting to go from being a like a boy into like a yeah. teenager and all that isn't part of that you know you're you're gonna be emotional yeah probably just getting more mature when you get older i guess i guess that's a big part of it Really, we hardly even talked about hockey, but we're solving like you know about how people mature. It's it's turned it's taken a weird turn, Axel. Yeah. And I apologize for that. Yeah, All no right, let's, let, let's get into hockey. Okay, you're right-handed shooting defenseman, five eleven, one hundred eighty pounds, uh, really offensively gifted. I can remember you in the. Uh, I don't know if it was the U18s or the World Championships, but recently watching you play and yeah. you're flying all over the ice. Being an offensive defenseman, has that always been your game? Was it when you you, you know you wanted to play defense maybe, but you really wanted to be more Bobby Orr than Scott Stevens or something? And I'm really aging myself. You might not even know who those players are. Oh, yeah, I know Bobby Orr, but uh, not the other one. But, okay. uh, uh, you know, I was actually a forward kind of long until I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. And then I went to like a summer hockey school and there was only defenseman spots left. And I realized like, even though I'm still a defenseman, I can still like take the puck and just drive it to the net on my own. So uh, yeah, since then I've been a defenseman and, you know, I always, always like to attack and yeah, I guess it's natural. I like being an offensive defenseman. Now, when I've asked people about you, scouts and all that, they say that, you know, that your defense is underrated, that you're a great one-on-one -on -one defender. Yeah. And as you get older and you, you know, you grow into your body, the more, I don't know, physical side, but in the corners, you'll be able to, you know, to win more puck battles. It, do you see it that way too? Uh, yeah, I think I'm a pretty smart player, so I can still like position myself well. It's just that now when I'm going to play SHL, like... I need to get stronger just because the guys are a lot bigger and I want to be able to box them out. So just getting stronger in the defensive zone, that's the, that's the main part I'm going to work, work well, at. Well, that's the key though, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's, 
it's not you don't have to sit there and like you know keep rocking guys on their butts or something. I yeah. mean, part of it is stick work, and that's where. I mean, Nick did it forever, and me, you know, won six Norris trophies or whatever. I mean, that's... Yeah, seven. Seven, yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank, you know what, I, Nick now is going to get down on me for that, but, uh, but seven, seven Norris trophies. But I guess I'm saying is, is that, you know, people think defense, there's more to defense, and if you have good stick work, you can be a great yeah. defenseman. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Like, if, uh, if a forward is trying to drive, drive into the crease, like, if you just put your stick against his puck, you would think that... I'm before him and he's gonna cut off or something like that so uh, yeah stick work is, is uh, very important now you know I know that the plans and what, what you know you know ultimately you want to be you, you want to be a Red Wing we, we all yeah. know that um, go back play in the SHL pay for the big club uh, and then the thinking about maybe a year from now when I talk to you again uh, will you be turning pro do you think going to Grand Rapids maybe even have an opportunity to be on Detroit I mean is it do you have a quick timeline, I guess, for yourself? Uh, no, I haven't really thought about that. But, uh, you know, just next season, that my goal is to play in the SHL and take a spot in that team. And then after that season, how that season goes and how it turns out, we'll see what happens after that. I I haven't really thought about the next two seasons, but uh, if next season goes very well and I feel like I'm ready, I'll maybe take the step over to AHL or something like that. But, yeah, it's hard to say. You know, every time we uh, European players are after by the Red Wings, we always have to ask this question, even though I know you've played internationally. Yeah. But the small ice surface, is it adjustment for you? How is the game different? Uh, you know, I, I never really found it hard. Like, uh, it's one, two practices, and then, then you're into it. It's just that you have to be quicker, like, getting the puck up up the ice and uh, yeah I feel like you get more time on the blue line here when you have the puck so uh, yeah I mean I like I like the small ice I I don't really see a big difference it's uh, I'm pretty used to like change from big to small rings so uh, yeah you know with, with with Nick being in Sweden Cromwell being in Sweden Hakan Anderson the big chief scout of, yeah. of all Europe being in Sweden how do you think you have an idea of what Detroit is kind of like because those guys are stationed in the country that you play in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I guess they just like. Well, I mean, like they, they're I able play. to talk to you. I mean, you, yeah. you know, when when they're talking to you, I mean, these are big wigs that live in Sweden, yeah. don't happen to be here in Detroit. Yeah, I mostly talk to Hokan Hokan Andersson, and uh, you know, we we talked before the combo. We had a dinner at at the Stockholm airport, so uh, yeah, I guess he. He says what he thinks I'm good at, and some some things I uh, I need to work at. But it's mostly just like fun talk, like going fishing and stuff like that, just getting to know each other. You know, people have accents from all over the world. Yeah. And you said Hoken Anderson, right? Yeah. And I say Hocken Anderson because yeah. that's a nasally Midwestern accent. Get used to hearing that kind of accent because oh, yeah. you're going to be here in Detroit for a long, long time. Do you think eventually you may sound more like me? Probably not. <laughs> Uh, like, I mean, just saying names, I, I still pronounce them in Swedish if the name is Swedish, but, uh, yeah. How, now, in Sweden, you learn English, like, at, like, in elementary school, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly, so your English is almost perfect. How many different languages do you speak? Um, uh, yeah, just Swedish and English, and my father, he, he speaks fluent Finnish, so he, he tried to teach me that from a young age, but I only picked up the bad words, so that's, that's what I know from Finnish. Yeah, well, that's like most American kids that, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I, know, I know how to swear in Greek. That's about yeah. as far as I can go. You know, and German. 
Yeah. And, you know, I don't know Irish. It's just like English. It's weird kind of English. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so, uh, so okay, finally, and I know this has taken a weird turn, this whole interview, but I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully you're yeah. having fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I look at you, and when you were drafted, you know, a lot of projections had you going at 9 to Detroit. Yeah. You know, and then for them to get you at 17, I mean, I, I almost fell out of my chair. I was pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, and I figured that when you were still available, which I was surprised about, that this, this couldn't have worked out any better for the Red Wings. I am curious, do you think it could have worked out any better for you? I mean, this is a team that needs mobile, young, right-handed shooting defensemen, and that you and Mo Sider on that right side for the next 15 years could be quite a, quite a pairing. Not that you would play together, yeah. but you know. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. I mean, uh, not, nothing's, uh, nothing's for certain yet. I still have to work hard and earn a spot here. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it worked out great. Like, uh, Detroit is an awesome franchise, part of the original six. I'm very happy to be here. All right, excellent. Thanks for allowing me to mess around a little yeah. bit here. But I really enjoy it. Best of luck. Can't wait to see you as a Red Wing. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think you could tell that uh, Axel is uh, very, very also a very focused young man, has confidence, and I think we're going to see him in Detroit, not this upcoming season, but next season, probably a seasoning uh, season in Grand Rapids two years from now. Uh, but I think you're going to see him in a Detroit uniform uh, uh, fairly, fairly quickly. A very, very uh, good player. And what I've heard about Axel is that he's a pretty good one-on-one -on -one defender. And I think you heard in the conversation, he was talking about stick work and poking the puck away. You don't have to be all that physical. And I think uh, seven-time Norris Trophy winner uh, Nick Lidstrom was definitely maybe uh, not bashing guys, but he obviously was one of the greatest uh, defensemen and defenders of all time. And uh, Axel obviously uh, studied a little bit of Nick along the way. And uh, hopefully uh, he will be able to uh, duplicate some of the things that Nick was able to do in a Red Wing uniform. That'll do it for this edition of the Red and White Authority, episode 196. Uh, don't forget coming up part two of uh, talking to some of the prospects from development camp. That'll be episode 197 where we sit down with Trey Augustine and the doctor, Sebastian Cosa, as uh, we get uh, development camp from a goaltending perspective. Until then... Everyone have a safe and pleasant one. We'll see you.